0: Creators, My name is Rachel Recklum, and I want to welcome you to Train Thrive Grow, where we share online learning and training tips for small businesses who want to make an impact in their business through learner-centered design. Welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, we have Faith Jenkins from uh, Woos & Willie. She is a Virginia-based designer and photographer and a multi-passionate entrepreneur and mom, who's combining multiple side hustles with her family responsibilities and a full-time job that she loves. And this was a really fun conversation. I loved hearing about her work and her life and how she balances everything. Faith also shares some awesome tips about building your brand, creating a consistent aesthetic, and all of that good stuff. So I can't wait for you guys to listen. All right. Hi, Faith. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on. Um, Maybe to get started, do you want to tell us a little bit about your services and who you work with?
1: Sure. So I started a photography and design company. My audience is really female entrepreneurs. For the, the design side of it, I offer branding and web design packages um, for female entrepreneurs. So whether they're sole practitioners uh, in the business by themselves, or, you know, in small businesses under 20 employees, that is who I serve.
0: Okay. And how did you get interested in branding?
1: So with branding, it is so exciting to be part of the conception of a brand and work to build something out of nothing. That is what excites me. And You know, I got started in entrepreneurship um, back in 2013 when I opened my very first Etsy shop selling custom invitations, wall art, and event designs for people nationwide. It was really just a fun and creative outlet for me at the time, but it gave me a sense of accomplishment whenever an order came in. I sold hundreds of custom pieces and still actually have my open Etsy shop, but I don't focus too much energy in building or growing that business anymore, but I do still fulfill orders as they come in. Mm -hmm. After opening my Etsy shop, I started working full time for a marketing agency where there were only two employees. It was the owner and myself, so I've always been in that small business space. And essentially, I was running the company hand in hand with the owner and did this for four years. While working for him, I realized that the only thing holding myself back from business ownership was myself. And I had an epiphany and thought to myself, wow, I can do this too. Or, you know, why am I not doing this? Mm -hmm. I've never been able to shake these feelings. These were something, there was just something about entrepreneurship that was so fulfilling to me. It gives me the constant opportunity to rediscover myself and my abilities and create something from nothing with innovation and a client discovery process. Mm -hmm. But I had a few fears in the beginning. I wasn't sure how I would be able to do the business side of things without having a background in business. My education is actually in education, so by nature, I'm a really good learner. I also have a dad who started a business venture after retirement, so he was really helpful when I began developing the plans of launching my own business. I have always been a huge proponent of community over competition, and when women come to me to help build their brands, I look at it like a partnership rather than a client relationship. We are in this together, and when she succeeds, I feel like I have succeeded. Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to work with fashion brands, photographers, marketing companies, a mobile bar, fitness companies, bakeries, interior designers, yoga studios, and more. All of these businesses are owned by females, and every single client of mine has empowered me to continue making an impact in the lives and businesses of more female entrepreneurs. I offer affordable branding and web design and mentorship packages to my clients. The most popular package I have is my mentorship program where I sit one-on-one with these incredible female business owners and help them conceive a strategic business plan and put them on a path to success. So I've been really able to navigate through the legalities of business ownership as well as tackling the challenges of entrepreneurship and even self-doubt, which is a big one. <laughs> hmm I'm here to say that you can do this too. And this is just a brief overview of my journey into my branding business and how it has impacted my life.
0: I love that. No, that's awesome. And that's so true. I think like once you get that like bug in your mind, like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's really hard to shake it. it so really there's something is. That's just like so exciting about it. So can you tell me a little bit about your your process when you are working with someone one-on-one in those mentoring sessions you were talking about?
1: Yes, absolutely. So like I said, the basic services that I offer are small business branding, website development and design, and business mentoring through the strategic planning process. The first step of the process when someone opens a business is first really just picking their business name. Now, most of my clients come to me with their name in hand, and that's wonderful, but I occasionally have clients who have just formulated the ideas of their business and are unsure of where to go next. I know this is a huge challenge for some because it seems like there are endless possibilities for business names. You want your business name to be unique but not wildly off par with a name that could get lost in your market. You want to choose something that has meaning to you but also straddles the line of being creative while being easy to remember. Sometimes it really just boils down to going with your gut. Your name is your first step to building your brand and its identity. This is where I usually step in or it's where entrepreneurs will involve a professional in the process if they haven't already. For branding and web design, I actually send out a brand identity questionnaire to all my clients that helps me get a better idea of my my client's business persona or identity. I cover questions like, how do you want your brand to feel? What do you want to be known for? What messaging do you want to convey? And who is your market? Just to name a few. The business owner should at least have a sense of these answers. This is where the real legwork happens. I begin building a brand that I feel best represents the identity of the company while providing a strong market identity. I do competitive research of the client's local competitors and see what is or is not working in their geographic region. I get a sense of their market, and this gives me the opportunity to provide my client with a competitive advantage. If my clients are in need of a website too, the process is very similar. Most of my clients... Want the dual service of branding and web design, which makes my job easier to know and understand the client through the brand discovery process. I always complete the brand before the website because it serves as a visual foundation for the website. Once the brand is complete, I begin the website design phase. Here are some questions that I actually ask in that phase. What do you want your visitors to see first? What problems do you want your website to solve? What is your call to action going to be? Are you selling a product? Are you providing information or something else? Is your market local or does it span beyond your local range? These are so, there are so many factors that go into website design and development and I could really spend all day talking about building websites. But business owners, you need to have goals and expectations and also a plan that will sustain your website in the highly competitive online space. Your website is a digital showroom of your business, and it is the biggest opportunity to put yourself in front of your audience. For strategic planning, you know, what does this mean? This is the the last phase or the largest piece of my puzzle when a client comes to me. Strategic planning is identifying the objectives to grow in your business and mapping out an intentional plan for success. Here's where I start the process. I conduct a SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. This is an analysis overview of your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I identify these factors that can make or break your business. We will deploy measures to cultivate success and avoid failure. We will set reasonable timelines for growth and what measures we will take to get there. We will set short and long-term goals and figure out how to accomplish your business objectives. Working on these plans with new entrepreneurs is so important for the success of a business. As the popular saying goes, a goal without a plan is just a wish, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that idea that like your your website is what did you call it it was like the best like it was like your online portfolio or your yeah,
1: it is your it is it is a digital showroom
0: digital showroom yeah no that's such a great way to put it when um, let's cuz i know we're talking to a lot of people who are infopreneurs so they're on that selling information side of things yes what um what kind of things do you make do you think make a strong brand for someone who's like maybe an infopreneur and then a lot of infopreneurs I think also fall into that category of someone who's really trying to build a personal brand, right? So right. What, do you, what do you think works there?
1: So when I think of strong brands, and I mean, I think this is really across the board, not even just for in, infopreneurs, but one of the top character, characteristics I think of is how well you connect to your audience and this is big in in this business as well but you can have an amazing brand but if it does not resonate with your target market the value can be totally lost a strong brand is also very consistent there is no confusion Uh, think of when you see the tiffany blue color Um, are you sure that's from tiffany's yes because that blue is so recognizable and With recognition and wide awareness, even on a small business scale, it makes a huge difference. Another characteristic of a strong brand is your messaging. With brands on social media, consumers do pay attention to how well brands interact and engage. Strong brands are responsive and not reactive. They engage with their consumers and participate in social listening. The emotions of the brand are felt. And ultimately your brand reputation reflects your business's personality. It matters and it can make or break your business. So that's really what makes a strong brand.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I talk about that a lot, that idea of social listening. I think that's so important uh, for course creators. When you want to go and figure out what type of product to make, I always recommend people go, go through that process of really listening to their audience. Like, what do you, um, if, if someone comes to you and they're pretty new to business, what do you tell them as far as uh, creating a brand that feels authentic to them as a creator and then also appeals to that ideal customer? Like, how do you figure out what it is that that person is really looking for?
1: Well... You know, for me, in my experience, building an authentic brand starts with the heart behind each business. You know, I have yet to meet two people just alike, and it's really the same for two businesses. In the small business space, it is okay to let your personality shine through your brand. It's okay to be you and show your clients who you are and be a storyteller. For me, I frequently share that I'm a young female who is a mom of two small children and a wife and a business owner. It makes me super relatable to my audience of female small business owners who are oftentimes wives or even mothers too. And more importantly, a lot of my clients say, like, that they feel like they know me before they even reach out to me. They are not just hiring my business, they are investing in a partnership and building that trust starts before they even reach out to me. So it helps me identify with my audience and when my clients hire me, they know the challenges I face with owning a business and being a wife and a mom. It really humanizes my brand and helps convey the message that there is a real person behind running this business.
0: So what if I'm someone who isn't quite sure like how to bring my personality into that brand? Do you like develop any kind of strategies for that? Do you have like stories about yourself that you try to work in regularly? Or how do you how do you get that personality to come through consistently in your branding?
1: Yeah, so it's really just through a discovery process and through storytelling. Storytelling is such a buzzword right now, and it is all about bringing your life experiences to your business and sharing that in a way that is relatable. And, you know, whether it be a lawyer or, um, you know, someone who's selling a product, there is always a story to tell of the business owner. And me specifically working with small businesses it is very easy. Uh, it's an easy gateway for me to share more about the business owner because in the small business space, it's, it's really, you know, one or very few people behind the business. So telling, telling that story is so important. And that is how consumers are able to relate to you.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I like that idea. And, and yeah, I do hear that all the time. Now everyone's talking about storytelling, but I think that's one of those things. It's a buzzword because it does actually kind of work (laughs) because people are, you know, we all like are so programmed to connect to stories. So I think that's a great point. Uh, so what are, um, what are some things that you see people get wrong about branding? Like what, maybe are there any kind of common misconceptions you see
1: yes so i see i have three common misconceptions that i would love to share um one of the biggest misconceptions i personally see is the thought that your brand does not extend past a logo sometimes small business owners come to me with a 20 dollars logo in hand and they say I have my brand put together, now I need a website. Well, I'm here to say this happens a lot. There is no real intention behind the logo. It has no meaning, no identity, or even guidelines for consistency. Now, I understand that sometimes a $20 logo is all that a new business owner can afford, and if that's the case, then we can work within those parameters. But there is great value in investing in brand development and not just a logo. And sometimes it's not not as expensive as you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, the second misconception is that, you know, people think that branding is forever. Some of my clients feel that they have to be married to this idea of their brand forever, and that is not true. It is totally acceptable to change your brand every few years if you need to stay relevant with your audience. I myself have gone through a rebranding process and encourage my clients to do the same if it is needed. If, if you know, it can give your brand a positive, fresh start in your market and give you that opportunity to grow if you feel like you've reached a point of complacency. hmm. The other misconception that I see, at least in the small business space, is that branding is only for big companies. Especially since I work with a lot of solo business owners, the question of importance comes up frequently. You know, does my small business really need branding? Yes, a million times over, it really does. It will be what helps to sustain your business recognition in the market and consistency is really key to eliminate customer confusion. There are really a lot of other misconceptions that I see, but these are definitely the top three.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so true. And that idea of um, even if you are a really small business or someone who's like a new course creator, you're just like getting out there, having that really consistent brand identity, right. it's like really professional, really established. So I love that point. And the other thing you said that I think is so important there, the idea that you don't have to be married to your brand Something I see happen all the time is people get this kind of like decision paralysis when it comes to their branding. It's like they can't put their product out there, they can't do their website, they can't even make an Instagram for themselves right. because they don't know what they want their colors to be.
1: Yeah, they're scared to commit, and, it, mm-hmm. and I see it a lot. I mean, I have really problem clients that have a really hard time with commitment, and I'm like, listen, this is not, you don't have to be married to this. Like, you, you can change it in a few years if it doesn't work or even sooner than that but you want to make sure that you've resonated with your audience enough and you want to feel like you're in a place where it needs to be done you know Mm -hmm. you don't want to do it every few months but you know I recommend every few years getting a fresh new look and it kind of um starts this process of optimism in your business. Like you see, okay, um, I have this fresh new look, what can I do with it? And, you know, it, it just creates positivity all around.
0: Yeah, that that's so true. And I, I think um, like you're, you're also, if you're a service-based client, your ideal client is going to change as you go through business. Like I know a lot of folks in the wedding industry, maybe when they first start off, they're uh, working with you know, the couples that they're working with in year one of their business are going to be different than the couples that they attract in year five of your business, right?
1: Right. Your
0: design aesthetic is going to change. The people you work with is going to change. And you always want to adapt your brand to reflect that. I also got to say, when I first started doing my business, I totally picked the wrong color pink. (laughs) I had the wrong color palette and I realized it a few weeks in, but you know, it didn't it didn't ruin my business I was able to change my website and change my Instagram and I had that month of writing captions and practicing copy and starting to put information out there and you know I I didn't lose all of that time because it didn't it didn't ruin my business I could kind of take down the old coral posts and start posting with blush and it doesn't really matter that's another great thing about working in the digital space is you can always edit things and always change things so I think that's really important. So I know you also do, I know, well, the other half of your business obviously is photography. And so a really important part of branding for a lot of my clients is how they present themselves for their personal brand in branded photos. So I wanted to talk to you a bit about uh, doing a pro photo shoot and kind of maybe especially some tips on how you can prepare if you're going to do a photo shoot with a professional photographer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you already have a brand established and you have that color palette that you were talking about, you know, you want to have this cohesive brand that's recognizable. So whether it be your Instagram feed or your Facebook, you know, your Instagram feed really is supposed to be cohesive. And with pro photo shoots, you know, you want to match your color palette with all your other photos in your feed. So when someone hops on to your feed, or if someone sees a photo in in their stream, you know they'll they'll recognize. Okay, this must be Faith's photos, or this must be Woos and Willie, which is the name of my business. This must must be her her photos. So. My recommendation with if you're doing headshots or if you're doing curated content, that you stick to a color palette. If your colors, like you said, are pink or coral, wear something with that color, you know, or, or accent with that color in a necklace or something within this color palette so that you're, you have a cohesive feed that is recognizable.
0: Yeah, no, that's funny. I've realized maybe even subconsciously, I've started buying clothes that are my company's color palette, but it does, it works for my Instagram. So
1: it definitely does. And it is really, I mean, it seems so stupid, honestly, to like, you know, be so worried with your feed, but it is really important. And I do have a freebie download on how to have a cohesive Instagram feed. If anybody is interested in that, mm-hmm. um, just hop over to com, and I can shoot you that um, Instagram feed guide.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. That would be really, I, I'm sure that our audience would like that. Um, do you, uh, do you do much with Pinterest? Has that been a big part of your business or?
1: You know, I wish I, I wish I could say yes, but I truly do not have the time for it myself. Um, I, I also work full time as a director of marketing, so I have a really full plate. I work full time. I own a business. I'm a mom of two.
0: Age. i was two. gonna say you're, you're hustling. You've got a lot going on.
1: a husband, that you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I really. Uh, struggle with building my own social profiles when I'm working on so many different other ones mm-hmm. uh, you know in my full-time role I have nationwide legal practices that I build social accounts for all the time so long story short no mm-hmm. I wish I did and I need to um, but I've kind of put it on the back burner
0: hmm yeah, no, I, I just ask because I did not take Pinterest that seriously for the first while while I was in business, and I've really been trying to put some energy into it the last couple months, and it has been such a great, uh, like a bump in tra- in traffic for me since I've done it, but it is, it's a lot to kind of think through and figure out strategies for, so I totally understand trying to keep up with all of these platforms is is definitely a lot
1: <laughs> It is, and you have to be strategic about it. And I, I don't want to just, you know, do it blindly without like a plan behind it. And I do, I do put together plans for my clients to be on it because, mm-hmm. you know, Pinterest is searchable by Google and it's indexed and all of your posts can show up in, in search engine results. So mm-hmm. it is so important. And there is, you know, there is so much weighing heavily on, social profiles, and Pinterest is probably the most beneficial one um, in addition to Facebook and Instagram, but I definitely um, am a proponent of Pinterest right now and building your boards and um, doing that strategically.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, with some of the the scheduling tools, like I've been, I've been trying to get better at tailwind. It really does cut down on the amount of time that you need to put into it. Cause a lot of it can be automated and they don't seem to penalize automation in any way, which is great. Right, Right. So I guess, how do you, so you work with clients for yourself and then you have your full-time job and then you've got like your family responsibilities. So like, what does what does like your typical work week look like?
1: Oh my gosh. So I am like so lucky to be able to have a full-time job in a leadership role like I have to be able to work from home. My my flexibility um, is, is being able to work at home really. Mm-hmm. And I go in the office one day a week, but you know, my typical work week is that I wake up I, or my typical work day is that I wake up, I take my kids to school, even though I'm working from home, I do take my kids to daycare cause I can't work with a two and a three year old running around. But, um, you know, I, I, I wake up, I take them to school. I come back home and I work until about five o'clock. Um, I go pick them up and then I, you know, spend, spend as much time as possible with them until bedtime and I put them to bed and I really get to work and <laughs> my clients will probably laugh at this if they're listening, but that's why they get emails from me at 2 a.m. <laughs> because that's when I work. And I've always, always been a night owl and never a morning person. But Mm -hmm. um, that's when I do all of my work um, for my business is at nighttime. So I do send emails from 12 to 3am really. And then, you know, I I wake up and turn around and do the same thing the next day. And then really on the weekends is when I run my photography business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have, you know, sessions all weekend locally or, you know, across the state of Virginia. um, And my design business is what I do at night.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think like when you do have to put like your work into a certain bracket of time, it's just like you have, that's the time I have and I'm going to get everything done in that time. And like tasks kind of seem to grow. The more time we give them, the more time they'll take. So I'm uh I don't I don't have I don't have kids uh yet. I hope to someday, but I also have a full-time job, so I am there with you working nights and weekends. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Where do you um like what are what are your goals for your business like in the next few years? Like what do you what do you hope or what do you see happening?
1: So you know, a lot of people ask me like, "Why do you do as much as you do?" and And the answer is that it's really because I love it all. I mean my role as director of marketing at a law firm with nationwide practices. I love it. I cannot see myself being anywhere else. I mean, I truly enjoy the work that I do. We help veterans nationwide and we help people who are in really, really crappy medical situations get, you know, justice. So I love the work that I do. And I'm really passionate about being with this law firm and, um, You know, I don't really see myself leaving. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if I did, I mean, my goals for my business would be to take on my full time job as a client. And so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be working for them. They would really be working for me. And that would be my like long term goal, like maybe in five to ten years, if they'd be interested in that sort of arrangement. But my goal would be to have ongoing marketing clients Mm -hmm. that I can you know, work with on a monthly basis, um, and, and be in an arrangement for, you know, six to 12 months. Whereas right now my arrangements are, I build their brands and then, you know, I kind of let them go and not, not in that sense, but you know, once my work is done, they just come back when they have questions. I don't have like a six month arrangement with my clients or a year's arrangement with my clients. So you know, my goal would be to build my business with clients that are with me for the long haul.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think that's so important to say, like, I feel like corporate jobs and nine to fives get taught, you know, there's a lot of, you know, trash talk about that in the online world, but some jobs are great. And some work that we do at our corporate jobs is really valuable and really fulfilling. And so I think that sounds great. Yeah. And if you love it and it matters to you and you can find a way to do that and then also do all this other creative work, like that, that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. And I've been so happy with, you know, even though it is so hard to juggle a full-time job and owning a business and growing the business, you know, as of right now, I'm really at capacity and, um, helping other people is just like, I have to take it so strategically because my work with my full-time job is my priority and so is my business at the same time so I have to be very strategic about the businesses and clients that I take in right now because I don't want to be maxed out and I don't want to burn out
0: (laughs) yeah like you need to have that I feel like you do have to be really disciplined about keeping that white space in your calendar just so that Cause it's so easy to just want to fill every minute of the day. And I definitely hit points like that where I'm like, I need to just take some time and not do anything.
1: Right. Right. And, and taking a planned like weekend off or planned days off where it's like, okay, I'm not scheduling anything.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah. That's so smart. Where did, um, where did your name come from? Who are, who are Woos and Willie?
1: So Boos and Willie are my grandparents and my grandmother, um, she was so into photography and she was really my inspiration behind the business. Um, But it wasn't until my grandfather died in 2016 and um, he, you know, my grandparents were like my best friends and my grandma actually lives down the street from me and I grew up across the street from her. They have just always been such an integral role in my life. And my grandfather used to say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but it must have skipped a generation mm. because my my mom and dad, they just laugh at that because they they don't really have the creative juices that I have. And my grandfather always did. And my grandmother was the photographer. So it, it just made sense for me to honor them in that way. And after I launched my business, it was right after my grandfather passed away. So it was really... Um, it really was that gut feeling of like, what do I want to name this business and be unique, and that was just something that was unique to me that that's what they called each other.
0: Oh, that's so sweet, that's such a good story. I feel like like for for weddings like that's such a great oh yeah, I love that of
1: love.
0: mm-hmm very cool yeah i I wanted to ask about that because it sounded like something that might have had like a, a personal story for you, so
1: yeah definitely.
0: Before we go, I have a couple questions that I sort of always ask at the end of the interview. Um, Are there any uh, books or resources that have been really valuable for you that you think other entrepreneurs would love and be inspired by?
1: Yeah. So my favorite two branding books are actually by the same person. Her name is Fiona Humberstone. I think she actually has a podcast too, but I actually haven't listened to that um, her, her two books are one, how to style your brand. That one was really good in helping to figure out like, you know, why are you making this decision to style your brand in this way? And what does it mean to style your brand? And then the other one is brand brilliance. And they're both by Fiona Humberstone.
0: Okay. They're just
1: great branding resources.
0: Okay. That sounds great. I have not heard of those. I'll have to check them out and we will have those links and everything in the show notes. Um, if people want to connect with you, find you online, what is the best way to get in touch?
1: Um, so my website is woosandwillie.com. That's W O O S E and Willie W I L L I E.com. And it's going to be slash small businesses so slash small-businesses. And that's where you can find my branding work and what I've done for other um, small companies, more specifically female entrepreneurs. But that is where you would find some of my work.
0: Okay, great. And uh, are you, you said you're on Instagram too?
1: I am on Instagram at Woos and Willie. And then on Facebook, um, Woos and willy Photography and Design.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you, Faith. This has been really fun. Thank you so much, Rachel. I've really had a great time. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more, you can find me on Insta at train thrive grow. And don't forget to leave a rating and review for this podcast in iTunes. Talk to y'all soon.